about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. I want to talk about this morning and over the next few weeks the contest of waiting the, con- the contest of waiting the, the challenge of waiting the, the competition, the fight of waiting and the book of Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29 to 31 of familiar scripture it says why would you ever complain Jacob or wine listen to that word or worship tabernacle saying God has lost track of me I hope this will bless someone (laughs) he doesn't care about what happens to me do you know don't you know anything haven't you been listening God doesn't come and go God lasts he's creator of all you can see or imagine he doesn't get tired out doesn't pause to catch his breath this is your god he knows everything inside out he energizes those who get tired gives fresh strength to drop out (laughs) even if you're a dropout he will give you fresh strength he says even for even young people tired and drop out. Young folks in their prime, they stumble and fall. He says, but those who wait upon God, who expect, look for, and hope in him, they get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind did you see that those who wait upon god one of the things i need to say is that many people think that waiting on god is when we fast and we pray that's not it that's not it just follow me over this period of time i would be able to tell you where we'll get to today and then we'll move forward i've said this before i've read this story before but i want to read it again and i hope this will bless you and it will be able to accentuate the things that i want to discuss with you over the next few years listen to this story he says i was sitting at a drive-through window at mcdonald's this weekend i did the usual thing I drove up to the menu and I ordered. I proceeded to the first window and paid, then drove to the second window and waited for the order. After sitting there for a few minutes, the clerk slid back the window and asked, will you please pull over to the side, your order is not ready. I was a little upset and even impatient, but I pulled over, pulled over and waited. I thought, how come other folks order ordered and drove straight through and I have to wait. I waited for another two or three minutes. It seems like an hour. Just as I was about to give up and drive away, the clerk finally ran out, tapped on the window and handed me the order. Of course, I asked. This, this sounds like Pastor Ty. Trust me, this is me all over. Uh, of course, he, he, he tapped the window and Ask. He says, hey, 
What took so long? The clerk replied, you wanted the special sauce, which meant it had to be specially made for that sandwich. It doesn't usually come with that one. The, the scene, this scene is a reflection of our prayer life. We make our request to the Lord. Our menu is his word. Where he has listed his promise after promise. We stand before him and request and plead out. Sometimes we even beg. We go to the first window and pay. Sometimes with fervent prayer. <laughs> While we move to the second window and wait for our order that we placed in heaven. If God doesn't answer within a few minutes, we become upset. I prayed to you yesterday and you still haven't answered. I can't wait much longer. Why is it taking him so long? I've seen people drive up before me and receive their orders right away. I've seen people who've got married. I've seen people who've bought their property. I've seen people who've got their jobs. Why, Why am I still waiting? We even go as far as tap on the window and ask if God has forgotten our order. We become impatient, we become upset, we become downright mad. Lord, I asked you for a mate 10 days ago and I don't see him or her anywhere. As I, as I was believing God and as I came to church and I started to see that lady or that man and I thought, okay, man, maybe next Sunday I will be able to just have enough strength and enough courage to ask her out. Coronavirus shut the church down. God, why me? Lord, I've been asking for a new job for two years. Others have passed me by. I've been waiting on a financial blessing for 10 years and I still have nothing to show. The question I want to ask many of us is, like me, like me, I'm preaching to myself this morning. How many people have driven away before the clerk brought their food? And how many people have missed their blessing because they did not wait? Let me explain this to you sympathetically. That's why I don't want to scream or shout because I know this message is sensitive. Waiting can be an extremely difficult and sometimes painful process. Unfortunately, throughout our lives and often on a number of occasions, we find ourselves waiting. Remember, this comes from a man who had to wait for 10 years before we even saw any glimpse of a pregnancy. So I understand the pain of waiting. It's just one of those unenjoyable life truths. A few things we could find ourselves waiting on might include, but, but not, all, not always limited to like a healing, like a marriage or a relationship that you're waiting to be restored, like a future spouse, like a child, somebody, something like me or children, something, something like you're waiting on an answer, a direction, a guidance or a purpose. A loved one to return back to God, a financial breakthrough, a promotion, a fulfillment of a dream or a promise. And if you're anybody like me that has experienced this, I come as a twin. And I can say almost, um, and, and not to his detriment, in every single thing, he's always got things first before I got them. He married first, children first, he knew how to drive first, he got his degree first. Uh, and this is, and, and this becomes really serious because you are kind of a twin. How much more if you're in a family, and probably you're even the eldest, but you see your sisters and your brothers seem to achieve things more than you have achieved. You've seen them marry, see they have kids, and you're still saying, God, what is happening to me? How, how dreadful can that be? 
He started, Matrimon started his church first. In fact, many other pastors who my, were my colleagues started their church first. And it took me probably over eight, nine years before I even start, had a glimpse of having two people together to pray. And sometimes it looks harrowing, sometimes it looks tiring. The problem with many people, including me, is in the wait. I don't like waiting. I don't like waiting for anything. I remember, was it two days ago? I think it was two days ago, I picked up the phone. My wife was sitting in front of me and I had to call, you know, one of these uh, providers. And then I had to wait. And then I had to wait. And then I had to wait. And let me confess to you, I didn't wait because I had the fruit of the spirit of patience. The only thing I had to wait for was because my wife was sitting in front of me. Because I know that she will wait until someone picks up that phone and it could take 40 minutes, she will still be on that phone. And I was like, if I drop this phone, she would just say, you could have just waited another three minutes. And bam, after like 10 minutes, somebody picked up the phone. And what I've been struggling through for like 10 days was answered in probably less than 10 minutes. And when I drop the phone, I'm always honest. I say, honey, I only waited on that phone because I just did not want to get that look from you that... Why couldn't you just wait a little bit? In fact, I got everything I wanted and more because I waited for the person to answer the phone. And you know when you call anyone this time, they lie on, oh, this is due to the COVID-19. There's quite not a lot of people around to pick up. Please pick up the phone. It's not true. Uh, and so I, I don't like waiting. I don't like waiting. I don't, I, I don't, I don't like to get to, to Orlando or to get to Disneyland. And they say, oh, you have to wait on the queue. And the first question I ask is, is there any fast track? I would rather pay money for fast track. And remember, I paid money for a fast track. And then as we got there, there were only three people on the queue. I, pay, I paid money for people who were not even on the queue. Uh, yeah, and, and, and these are the things that, that, that we fight with. The problem is in the wait. Most parents would agree that their children don't want to wait for anything. The, the last thing a kid wants to hear is mom saying, not now. It can prompt an anger. It can prompt frustration, even hopelessness. Recently I was watching a, a, a clip on Instagram of one young man destroying the mother's house because the mother said no. This disease of waiting follows even most of us even into our adult years. We may not respond with the same emotional outburst as children but most of us still hate waiting for what we want. And can I say this that our modern day society has even made it worse. We want everything done quickly. We've got new devices that constantly spring up to meet the demands and encourage our impatience. Remember there was a time when we were using the, 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 the phone uh, and if you want to get onto the internet you have to die. <laughs> you hear that dancing and when it connects it's as if the joy of the Lord has suddenly rose on the inside of us and, and we who are using that data and before you know anything we had the 1G and then we had the, 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 the 2G and then we had the 5G uh, where you can now connect. Now before it was, it was photographs you would take, you would see not the photographs and then have to take all 
those photographs, those things, and go all the way down to uh, to, to 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 the studio, and they had to 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 clean the studio photographs and all that. And then suddenly the phones started to come in place, and the phones are getting better and better that you can even use an iPhone right now or a Samsung right now and can take better photos than a photographer. Although, yeah, so sort of not really. Um, but, 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 but the truth of the matter is we're trying to make everything fast. Even now, we can find out that before you know anything, 10 meg of speed was fantastic. Now, it can't do anything. Now, I have to go from 10 meg to 24 meg. Now, I have to go to 340 meg, meg of speed. And I still want it now. Because when I get onto social media and you start to look at some of those, those videos, you want it to be downloaded now. And when it doesn't, you start to be impatient. And you know what is done? It's because we're not used to waiting. And the more our technology caters to our immediate desires, the less we, are, the less we feel unwilling to wait. So, and then such is our dilemma as Christians. While society makes every attempt to make our lives easier and faster, God walks on a different timetable. Everything I've just said comes to this conclusion. God is not placed in the confines of our time. Actually, God created time out of time. God created the time, but he was not in time. The truth of creation is that God, who is spirit, existed before time. In the beginning... God created. The true word says before the beginning began, God began the beginning. So God didn't begin the beginning after the beginning beginning began. He began the beginning before the beginning began. So, So how can you now place God after the beginning? God was out of time and produced time. And so when we talk about the timing of God, the timing of God is not in our 24 hours. Neither does it start in January and end in December. Neither does God clap for you when you make some resolutions in January because you failed in December. Because God doesn't go from January to December. God is out of time. And therefore, God does not produce any kind of technology that hastens his time because he says he makes what? All things beautiful. What? In his time. <laughs> In God's mind, listen to me, nothing is wrong with waiting. <laughs> In God's time, nothing is wrong with waiting. In fact, waiting can actually be a positive good that he often uses to make even us look more like his son. So Jesus' first appearance that we all saw, bam, the age of 12. And his mother looked for him. He was debating with them in the temple. Jesus was still young. Jesus is in human form. Don't, don't, don't forget. He was in human form. And he said to his parents, I'm doing my father's business. He, he felt this is the time. But 18 years after that, we heard nothing about Jesus until he was at the age of 30. And God was saying, nah, this is not the time. Your destiny, listen to me this morning. 
will require seasons of waiting. When nothing is moving on the outside, just remember that you are growing on the inside. Your season of chronos, waiting, is setting you up for your Kairos divine appointment. Monday to Sunday is chronos. 1 to 24 hours is chronos. January to December is chronos. But Kronos is setting you up for a Kairos. And the Kairos is God's timing, not the Kronos timing. Joseph was not a prisoner of circumstance. He was a prisoner of hope. Your destiny will require seasons of isolation. Be comforted because every new thing comes out of a wilderness. Ah, I hope somebody is getting this. I'm giving you, I'm giving you some nuggets right now. You got to understand that waiting is a contest. Say this after me. Say waiting is a contest. It's a fight that many may lose if they don't understand the rules of engagement. Are you hearing me? If you do not understand the rules of engagement, you will lose the fight. Because to know how to wait, to know how to wait is the greatest secret of success. Look at me. To know how to wait. Look at me. If you know how to wait, it is the greatest secret of success. And you must understand the rules of engagement. Because if you don't understand the rules of engagement, you will lose out by going too early. Mm. Uh, some of the greatest figures in the Bible, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, and David, had to wait for many years for God's promise. Listen to me. Let me read, let me read, let me read a litany of these great people. Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years to hold baby Isaac. Isaac and Rebekah, they had to wait 20 years for, to hold their twin babies, Jacob and Esau. Joseph had to wait 13 years to become a ruler in Egypt. And Moses had to wait 40 years in Midian before returning to Egypt to lead the Israelites. And depending on precisely how old David was, when Samuel anointed him, he had to wait 10 years before he reigned in Hebron, the southern part of Israel, and another 7 years before reigning over the whole of Israel. Just imagine, 10 years just, just becoming king of Hebron. But then he still had to wait another 7 years because someone else was on the throne. You've got to understand this. That even the woman with the issue of blood waited 12 years before Jesus killed her. And the woman who was stooped over and couldn't raise herself waited 18 years before Jesus could heal her. Listen to me somebody. Everything that happens in the meantime was used to prepare them inwardly as well as outwardly. I want to encourage somebody who may be alone during this coronavirus period and you are just single and you're just alone and you're just wondering how I wish I had somebody beside me. Maybe it's not time because God is preparing that special source for you. And God is using this opportunity to develop you inwardly as much as outwardly. But God, I need to say this. You need to understand there's nothing that you've done wrong. Keeping in mind that as far as we know, 
none of these people, Abraham, Isaac, Moses, any one of them, have done, did anything wrong for the delay. Because many people have said, God, what is wrong with me? And we start finding what is wrong with what is not wrong. Uh, I hope this bless somebody. We start finding uh, what is wrong with what is not wrong. Maybe if I had a better education, even if you had a better education, nothing is going to do. Now, nothing is going to hurry a learning process. Oh, maybe if I was in the say in, in, in a different era. Maybe if I had associated with different people. Maybe if I hadn't committed that sin. None of these people committed any sin. I, for one, didn't commit any sin that I can remember of. I mean, God is the only one that would justify. That, that, that there was a delay. In fact, the delay in us having a child, when we even went to all the doctors, they, at one point in time they told my wife, she said, you're ovulating for the whole of London. So what is the delay? We were still doing the work of the kingdom. We were still pastoring. We were still blessing people. We were still naming babies. We were still doing, believing in the God of the miraculous. And many people will be looking at us and say, but if you're believing God for the miraculous, why is things not happening in your home? Because the gifting and calling of God is not to make me rich. It's to be a blessing to the body of Christ. And whenever God calls you, there's a price for the call. And you've got to stop looking at yourself that everything has to be perfect in your life before you can tell people about the perfection of God. No! Even we know that even Paul in the Bible asked God to remove this thing three times. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. The fact that you're in ministry doesn't mean everything goes well in your life. No, your children may, 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 may act up, may, things may go wrong. But when you teach people that things have gone wrong in your life, you will continue to be a blessing because God doesn't want to use the perfect. He wants to use the weak to confirm the wise. You've got to understand that. The appointment, of their, the appointment of their time were all somehow preordained by God. And all the praying in the world wouldn't speed it up. So there are, three things, there, there are a few things I want to discuss over these next few weeks. I'm going to take one and then I'll have to close. How do I wait and what should I do while waiting? That's the most question I've received. Now, what I want to teach today, if I can is I want to teach you what you shouldn't do while you're waiting. <laughs> now, what should I do? Let me first deal with what you shouldn't do. Let me give you number one. Don't blame God. While you're waiting, please, don't blame God. Shout this loud after me. Say, I will not blame God. You've got to say that from your heart. Say, I will not blame God. Don't blame God. If you blame God while you're waiting, while God is doing a walk inside you, what would take you 40 days may take you 40 years. Don't blame God. Don't blame God for the wait. We need to fight the odds to strike back at God when we are waiting and we are disappointed. I'm sensitively addressing this issue this morning. I hope somebody is being blessed on, your, on YouTube, on Instagram, on, on our Facebook. I hope somebody is being blessed by this. Because you know what? Our natural response to waiting is often anger and doubt. Every passing day is another log on the fires of bitterness. Every passing day is another log on impatience. Every passing day is another log that we put the fire on on ingratitude. Attitude. And perhaps we even reach that place of resentment against God who won't give us what we want. God, I need it now. But you know what? Let me bless you. You can't see the full picture of what God is doing. And the blame game would only do one thing to us. It makes us shift our attention 
I've met many people, like the man sitting at McDonald's that has walked away from the blessing of God just before it came. I've met plenty of people in ministry who have rehearsed their disappointment so often that it damages everything else that comes their way. You're so disappointed that when the guy even walked close to you, you didn't see him. You're so disappointed that when the package of that lady who God has ordained and had prepared for you before the foundation of the world came close to you, you didn't see, you couldn't see it anymore. Because you are so engrossed in the pains of the past and you're so angry with God that your eyes are now closed. Many of us are so caught up in the disappointment that we don't even see the solution when it is right in our eyes. When it's right in front of us. Let me give you a, a good example. Do you remember the, uh, the man who was at the, the, the at asylum uh, 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 beside the water for 38 years? 38 years. I've said this so many times in church. He was there for 38 years. And whenever the water comes and, and the angel jumps into water and the water starts to, 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 to bubble up, the Bible says that when people jump into it, they are healed. Jesus, walking past, looked at the man and said to the man, why are you here? He says, I've been here for 38 years and when the angel comes, nobody, 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 nobody's there to help me and put me inside the water. Jesus, you know, pick up your bags and pick up your mat and pick up whatever you have and start to walk. You know the funny thing, and I keep saying this over and over again, is that when he did that, you see a man having a discussion. You see a man that you have been sharing bread and granite with for 37 years. You see a man that you've been sharing water with. You see a man that you've been begging with. You see a man that you become friends, and many people become friends in poverty, but do not know how to handle it when they're rich. You see somebody who has now suddenly become an overnight success and you're still sitting there disappointed waiting for the, the, waiting for the river or waiting for the water to start to, uh, uh, to start to bubble again. I'm just thinking like I'm sitting down with someone. He's having a conversation with someone. I know he's crippled. He suddenly walked. But because you have distuned yourself from any other way, the man walked away and left you there. And you couldn't even call on Jesus or call on the man and say, ha, 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 bruv, bruv, oh, what you did for him, can you do it for me? Because when you are in a place for a long time, you become so desensitized to solutions. I'm teaching you what you shouldn't do. Disappointments are not bad. Oh, pastor, that's wrong. Disappointments, bad. Disappointments are not, not always bad. You know what? Disappointments are really his, God's appointment. God allows delays, difficulties, and disappointments for his greater purpose. Let me show you something in the Bible. Ruth's disappointment was God's appointment. Anna's disappointment was Samuel's appointment. Joseph's disappointment was the whole lineage and tribe of Israel's appointment. Abraham's disappointment was Isaac's appointment. And Isaac's disappointment in famine was his greatness appointment. So for every disappointment, there is an appointment. 
Because if, if, if Joseph wasn't disappointment, the whole land of Israel probably would have died. If Ruth wasn't disappointed because she lost her husband, she would not have been the great grandmother of Jesus Christ and she would not have married her Boaz. If Naomi hadn't experienced that disappointment, she would not have been a conduit of leading someone else into her own appointment because everything doesn't have to do, be about you. Nothing comes to the life of a child of God without the heavenly father's permission. Even Job, we knew that God gave permission. Not because he wanted to kill Job, but he wanted to show off Job, but also show him up in the future. You got to listen to me. Romans chapter 8 verse 28, we say this so many times. He says, we know that all things... We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his, uh, 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 his purpose. So listen to me. Let me share this, and this may bless somebody. And you may want to text me up on this one. Somebody may have been looking for a property. You are about to, sh- to, 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 to exchange on the property. And then they pulled the property out off. They said that, 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 that there's something wrong in the chain. And you looked at the property, you love the property, you have planned for the property, you have done the kitchen, you've done the whole thing in your head, and, you, and you've already prepared for it. And then you start crying, God, why me? Why is it that every time I want to do something, something goes wrong without knowing that God was about to save you 25,000 pounds of stamp duty? You never know. Because sometimes a disappointment is God's opportunity for his appointment. Don't blame God. Number two, they said, I've got five minutes. Don't bargain or compromise. Second B is don't bargain. Sometimes the devil wants you to leave God for an alternative. When you're waiting, the next thing he wants to give you is an alternative. I I, I have no option than to share my life with some of you. I remember, and I've said this before, there was a time... That we got our son, we put him into a school, and they promised to give us, uh, uh, I'm going to have to be honest with you, 100% uh, um, um, bursary just to help for, for him because we had to take him to some medical stuff and discover some 100% in this school. We were so glad. They came to our house. They interviewed us. They did everything. We were so glad. We were so excited. We were only asking for 50%. They decided to give us 100%. And we rejoiced in the Lord, and we were glad. Two months down the line, they now sent us an email. One of the worst emails I've ever received. That, sir, they put Reverend. Next time, when they're giving me bad news, don't use Reverend. Just use my name. Uh, they put their Reverend, Ty, and Mrs. Adeshiba. We are so sorry that we had to withdraw the bursary award because we are oversubscribed or something like that. And I must confess to you, these were the words that came out of my mouth. Why do I always have to struggle for everything? Why? I cried. We had no money. There's no no way we could do this. I cried. Not like cried. You know when people say cry. I cried. Tears were coming. I cried. It was loud that my son says, are you all right, dad? I says, yes. And I looked at the letter and I despise the word reverend but you know what after one day or two days my wife decided to pick herself up and then she called a lady who normally would help us with this and says 
the school you told us to go and where we went and we did the interview, two interviews you had to do, we had to go through it. So they suddenly withdraw their offer. She said, oh, I was even about to call you. Don't take him to that school. Bam! We're like, what? And then she said something about the school that was really wrong and would be very detrimental to our son and said, let's go, let's start looking for another school. And then we started looking for another school. And we found a school. Not at the same rate they gave us before. Not, nothing like that. But it was the place that molded my son. Because every disappointment was God's appointment. In fact, in his last, his last year in that school, we now knew why God told us and brought us to that school. He may have been damaged. He may have been destroyed. Maybe some of you are going to go through that in the next few, few months. Trust God. Because every disappointment is God's appointment. And, and, and you've got to understand that sometimes what the devil does is that the devil will want you to take an alternative. While you wait on God, and God is preparing you for an uncommon blessing, God, the devil wants you to take an alternative. The only reason the world is where it is right now is because the devil gave um, Adam and Eve an alternative. Please, while you're waiting, I know it's difficult, don't take an alternative. While we're waiting for our son, they told us to go to this particular church and go there for 14 days. I said, if God does it in that church, then I will resign from being a pastor. If God can't do it where I am, that means every difficult situation that occurs in worship tabernacle, I will have to refer them to that place. God is the God of everyone. Nobody has the autonomy of a miracle. And then when I made a research, as I always do, I found out that the, 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 the overseer of that church is also had to also wait for 14 years before God blessed him with a child. I said, honey... Sit where you are. Let's not take an alternative. Because if we take an alternative, we'll make a pilgrimage of somebody else as he is the provider without knowing that God is the only provider. Don't take an alternative. Don't take, don't cheat. Don't lie yourself out of it. Fast food always looks easier and better than a prepared meal. But it can be detrimental to your future. Too often we sacrifice quality for convenience. I'm shouting again, calm down man. Most of the time, we say we don't have time. We say we can't wait. We, we've embraced a just-do-it philosophy. More and more people are sacrificing enduring truths for quick fixes. We're sacrificing it. Esau, he bargained his birthright for a muscle of bread. Abraham's impatience cost him a generational war. And let me tell you something about this man that touches me the most. Geazi. If anybody wants to know what, who Geazi is, you better quickly go and find it on Google. Geazi was the servant of Elisha. So Elijah did seven miracles. Elisha, he says, if you get the double portion, if you see me, I'll give you a double portion, did 14 miracles. I'm sure Geazi would have done 28 and be one of the greatest prophets in the land of Israel. He was groomed by the greatest prophet around at that time. He was supposed to take Elisha's place and be a great spiritual leader to kings who would look up to him for advice. But you know what? He compromised and made a bargain because he couldn't wait on getting a gift. And the story goes like Naaman came to Elisha. Elisha says, go dip yourself inside the water seven times and you will be healed from this leprosy. He dipped himself, he was healed. He came back, he says, I need to give you a gift. 
Elisha said, Elisha didn't even come out to see him. And you know what? Naaman would have even bargained or compromised his own healing because he couldn't wait enough to go and listen to a prophet. He was expecting the prophet to come out. As many of you are expecting Pastor Tai to be on the phone every single time. And if it's not Pastor Tai, nothing else can happen. And if it doesn't appear, well, that's the end of it. And you may compromise your miracle by bitterness of not seeing a man, a human being. And, 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 and they told Naaman, and said, what if he had told you to go to a better place? Would you not go? Just go and dip yourself. If nothing happens, what have you got to lose? He dipped himself. He came back. He says to, to Elisha, I need to give you some gifts. I need to give you something. Elisha says, no, 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 no. Elisha knew that the anointing cannot be bought. And he was grooming Gazi to be the next person. And you know what Gazi did? Bam. As soon as Elisha turned his back, he went ahead. And he said to them, oh, my, my, my master said to you that visitors have just come and, 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 and he needs those clothes, he needs those money to be able to take care of his visitor. And, and Naaman gave it to him so willingly and all that kind of stuff. And as he walked into the house, Elisha said, my eyes went with you when you went to Naaman. So the leprosy of Naaman will now go upon you for you could not wait for your own time. It's called a compromise. He, he, he bargained his life. And wherever you are compromising the word of God in your life, you are taking a shortcut. And it is keeping you from being promoted. Oh, you know what? We're, still, we're going to marry anyway. Let's sleep together. We, we, we can have sex. It doesn't really matter. We're, 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 in fact, we're married. Don't do that. Don't compromise. Don't bargain because you can't wait. And many of you, you're, you're, you're single. You've been single for a while. And then you just go to the pub or go to a rate. That's the wrong place to even pick up someone. Or you just meet someone for the first time and meet them for the first time. The only thing that goes through your mind is I'm going to hold on to this one and bam, you get into the sack. You get pregnant and it's all over. The guy doesn't want you. The guy doesn't want you. I don't even know who doesn't want you, who doesn't want. But you compromise because you did it your way instead of God's way. Many of you can't wait. You go buy the car that you shouldn't buy. And now an opportunity for buying a house has come up. But your whole finances, you're overexpending because of the car. Because you looked at somebody else. And you know what? The only reason why we compromise is because we see an alternative. And the only reason we compromise is because we compare ourselves to others. If it's not your time, it's not your time. Stay and wait for God's time. To wait on God is not simply to mark time. It is to refuse to run ahead of him in trying to solve our problems for ourselves. When God says, wait for that man to change, wait. In fact, you know, one of the biggest things that breaks up families is when one partner says, let's wait. Especially if it's the man who says, who the woman comes says, we need to do this. Says, let me think about this. And before he can think about it, you've already gone ahead and done it. And it starts to kill the spirit of the man. The woman saying, no, let's still save this money. Because I have to use another, the woman and the man before someone kills me on, on, on social media. The woman says, no, no, we don't need this TV right now. We don't need this 60-inch TV right now. What we need to do is to invest in this. Okay, okay, I've listened to you. And the following day, she comes home and you're saying, da-da, fool. Dada what? In fact, as we said, that dada, that dada is for children. What you're showing is that I have a brain of a young child. Dada what? Da? Daft. 
And you're breaking up your family because you think you're making the right. You cannot wait. You can't wait until it's time. Oh, I have to buy that bag. I have to buy that Louboutin bag. I have to buy that, 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 that Gucci bag. I have to buy it. Why? Where are you wearing it to? Where are you carrying it to? Many of you ladies have bought shoes you haven't worn in four or five months. And you're unlikely to wear it till the end of the year. Finished. Finished. We have now found out that what is more important to us in life is not the things that we acquire. It is the people that we are very impatient with. To wait. When God says we should wait, it means we have to learn to trust him. I've got to close now. The tendency to push God aside goes against his plan for us. It creates a distance in our relationship with him. It causes us to get into trouble and brings us pain. Some people are looking at me. What is he talking about? What I'm saying in essence is don't take shortcuts. Don't take shortcuts. Let me give you a Bible scripture. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. I love the message Bible. Listen to what it says. It says, don't look for shortcuts to God. (laughs) The market is flooded with surefire. Easy going formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. This is the message Bible. It's in the Bible. Don't fall for that stuff. Even though crowds of people do, the way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. So the question is, let me give you two things and I close here. How do I not compromise or bag in my future? Number one, give patience a chance. Deal with the work of impatience. Millions of miracles have been dashed on the rock of impatience. One moment of patience will ward off great disaster. One moment of impatience will ruin a whole life. Abraham lost his patience and compromised his future. There's a time for everything under the sun. Slow and steady, they say, wins the race. Many have changed their jobs. Many have changed their spouse. Many have changed churches. Many have changed friends. Many have changed mentors. And have not stayed anywhere long enough to acquire any lasting change because you are guided by impatience listen to me if you don't listen to anything i've said listen to this one thing you can't be fruitful if you're unstable you can't be fruitful if you're unstable wait for god to present you don't go and kill saul don't kill someone in front of you because you want to get the promotion don't kill Saul. Wait for God to present you. Don't be in a hurry to run before your time. Psalm 37 and verse 34. He says this thing. Listen to what it says. Don't be important for the Lord to act. Don't be important. Don't be, imp- sorry, don't be impatient. Sorry. Don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Travel steadily along his path. He will honor you, giving you the land. He will give you what is yours. Don't be impatient. Number two, and I close, give God time to walk. 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 Sometimes, listen to me, those things you desire the most may take longer to achieve. Listen to me, it takes more time to make a Rolls Royce than to make a bicycle. Give time to walk. God always takes a picture of where he sees us and not where we are. 
men take a picture of where we are and not where we will be. You got to give God time. You can either get a bicycle or you can wait for a Rolls Royce. If I, had, if I had married impatiently, I would have married a bicycle. And the bicycle would not be fast enough for what God has given us right now. I had to take my time. I had to wait. And it was painful waiting before God produced the Rolls Royce by the name Femi. And, and when Femi came on the scene, I didn't see worship tabernacle. I didn't see that I had to have somebody who would stay the distance. Somebody who will bring a kind of motherhood into our lives and into the church life. I didn't see that God was preparing a nation on the inside of her. And I would have lost because everybody else was getting married. And I would have married a bicycle. No offense to those I've been out with. God always sees the finished product than the raw material. In fact, God uses the raw material to make the finished product. God has the master plan and he only can see the finished product. Micah chapter 7 verse 7. This is where I stop today. Say this after me. Say, I will wait confidently for God. But me, I'm not giving up. I'm sticking around to see what God will do. Say this loud. Say, I'm waiting for God to make things right I'm counting on God to listen to me I hope that blessed you I am confidently waiting for God I am waiting for God confidently so what I will not do is number one I will not blame God number two I will not compromise and I will give you number three as an introduction next week wait You haven't done anything wrong because he hasn't come. Just wait. Just wait. Wait for the Rolls Royce. Wait for the good source. Don't go and compromise and buy a bicycle. Stay. And when it's your time, it's your time. But before many of you say, okay, so I just need to wait. Come next week. I will tell you what to do while you're waiting. Let's bow our heads and let's pray over this one. Father, we thank you so much. For this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because you're teaching us sensitively how to wait. We have to wait because you're out of time. And Father, as we all bow our heads and close our eyes, I'm asking you to be a comforter to those who've been waiting for a long time. I want you to be able to speak your word to them and say to them, you haven't forgotten them. As you said in the book of Isaiah, you haven't forgotten them. You are still with them. I want want, want you to be able to tell them that they should have the confidence in where they are right now because you are preparing the source. I I, I want you God to bless them that they may be able to come out confidently after this service and say, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm taking my time because he makes all things beautiful in his own time. I want you to be able to say to someone, maybe 31, maybe 32, maybe 35, maybe 40, still believing God for his spouse, nothing is wrong with you. God is preparing greatness for you. And you know what? When you, spend, when you take your time, he will cause you to outrun those who have gone before you. Father, bless them. And maybe there's someone online who hasn't given their lives to Jesus because you're always impatient. 
Maybe you had given your life to Jesus, but something just went wrong and you just backslid. You just said, you know what? I can't do this church thing anymore. I can't do this church thing anymore. Because I prayed and nothing seemed to have happened. And God is saying, because you didn't wait, you were impatient. You left your spouse, you left your home, you left your church, you left everything. You leave everything because you're impatient. God's time is not your time. Come back to Jesus. I want you to be able to lift up your hands and say this, this afternoon, say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I receive you again and permanently and confidently as my personal Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin of unbelief. I will wait patiently for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving me another chance. Say in Jesus' name, I pray. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.